Welcome to the Growing in Grace podcast, where you can listen in on some casual conversation about the good news of Jesus without all of the inconsistent religious double talk. If you've ever struggled with feelings of hopelessness, guilt, and despair, or wondered if you're really right with God, it's time to discover the true freedom that comes with the gospel of unlimited and overflowing grace. Alrighty then, it's the girl. In Grace Podcast, I'm Joel Brzezinski with Mike Kapler. It's the Breeze Man, that's me and the Cap over there. We're getting um, into Hebrews lately. This epistle uh, written by a Hebrew to his fellow Hebrews, a lot of encouragement for them, a lot of contrast, a lot of repeats, a lot of things where he's trying to build them up in the truth of this once-for-all sacrifice of Jesus Christ, the one sacrifice that did away with everything, it, it, you know, put yourself into the minds and hearts of these Hebrew people 2,000 years ago. For 1,500 years, they had been under this covenant with all the laws, with all the sacrifices and offerings of animals and all the rituals, all the everything, the tithing, the special duties of the priests and all of this stuff. And here, this writer is telling them something that is pretty huge, something that wipes out everything that they have known, their way of life that they have known for the past 1,500 years as a people. And this one sacrifice of Jesus does away with all of that. I mean, that's huge stuff. And I don't know, I think to myself that in the church today, (laughs) there's there's a lot of wiping out of stuff that we still need to do. That's one reason why we're doing this this series on Hebrews, because there's a lot of stuff from the law, a lot of rules and rituals and things that get brought into the church today that really have no place there. They've become traditions. They've become legalistic rules and regulations that people feel they need to follow. But this one sacrifice of Jesus really does away with all of that. And so this book, this uh, epistle that one Hebrew wrote to his fellow Hebrews, really has a lot of meaty stuff uh, regarding all that stuff. That's one reason why we're doing this thing. And and I think, Joel, that one thing to keep in mind here is always going to be the context, especially with this book, but uh, anytime you're reading the scriptures, the context of Christ and the new covenant and keeping it separate from the old. And that's what the writer here is trying to do to these Jewish people who are trying to you know, either have or or may be about to transition from the old way of a uh, law that was sometimes referred to as the law of sin and death that came through Moses, filled with all kinds of commandments and requirements. Uh, There's transitioning from that history, as you talked about, for all those uh, many years into letting all of that go (laughs) and trusting in one sacrifice through a man who claimed to be the son of God. Uh, now, some people will try to argue, well, Jesus never said that. You know, yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he really did. It's, it's just funny how people come up with things sometimes. So everybody else said he was the son of God, but Jesus never did. Where do you think they got it from? Anyway, in Hebrews chapter 10, we're kind of in the middle of it here. And uh, this is really rich stuff. And wh- where I was going, though, is that there's really one main topic here in the book of Hebrews. The topic the topic, right? <laughs> the, the sermon material this week, it, it's Jesus. You know, everything else being said here revolves around the person of Jesus Christ and, and the will of God, which he performed through one sacrifice. 
Uh, and we were talking before we came on here between ourselves, you know, it's almost like the first five or six chapters of Hebrews. He's laying this foundation, but then he he starts heating up. We've used the illustration in the past of the wagon with the steel metal wheels going down a steep hill. He's picking up speed in seven, eight, nine, and 10. It's almost like being on a treadmill where you want to kind of start out slow and work your way into maybe running or jogging for a while. And then, um, you know, maybe after chapter 10, it's going to slow down the last few chapters a little bit as we catch our breath and and wind down. But we're still in the middle of running pretty fast on the treadmill here. And, you know, sometimes when we read our Bibles, we see it's got chapters in there. It's got verses in there. It's so easy to get focused in on a single verse or two. Even subtitles, Joel, that are found in our Bibles, you know, it it almost Mm -hmm. looks like, oh, here's a new topic. Here's a subtitle. And it throws us off. And that's why we, I hate to repeat myself, but this is why the, the writer of Hebrews keeps repeating himself. Um, Could you repeat he keeps that? saying things that he had referred to earlier, and we're about to run into that again here in the upcoming verses. Yeah, a lot of repetition, but it's good. Uh, you know, one thing that we, to help our my mind, even though we've been in this, growing in our understanding of God's grace for 25 years or so, it's, um, I still need things repeated. And so... If he repeats himself here and then we read this over and over again, it's still, you still learn things, you grow, you dig your roots in a little deeper, and it's very helpful. So, you know, this one sacrifice of Jesus, doing away with all the many sacrifices over the years, it's, it's, it's big. It's big stuff. And, and by this one offering in verse 14, he has perfected the, forever those who are sanctified. He says in verse 10, By that will, this will, Jesus offering himself, God preparing a body, and Jesus offering himself, by that will, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And then in verse 14, for by one offering, he has perfected forever those who are sanctified. And so we're sanctified by the offering of the body of Jesus Christ, and we're perfected forever. This is something you can bank on. I mean, you may not, you may look at your behavior, you may look at the, some of the things you do and think, what was that one song by the cry? Um, everything you say you do, you are, you want, you think you feel. I know everything about you, <laughs> but I still love you. You know, everything you say you do, you are, you want, you think you feel. All of those things done away with. I mean, not done away with, because yes, it's true. In the reality of life, we do things, we say things, we think things, we make plans in our minds that uh, we know aren't right. But we have been perfected and we've been sanctified despite all of that because of the one offering of Jesus Christ. So I'm I'm not saying that we want to make evil plans, that we want to, you know, try to purposely live our lives in an unholy way, but no matter what, despite all of that, we've been perfected forever. And that's the beauty of what Jesus has done. Many, many sacrifices couldn't do away with the things we say, we want, we are, we do, we think, we feel. But one sacrifice did away with all of it. So verse 15, but the Holy Spirit also witnesses to us, for after he had said before, this is what had been said in the old covenant, looking ahead to this new covenant, this is the covenant I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts And in their minds, I will write them. So we could focus on that for a little bit. In in verse 17, then he adds, Their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. And then a big one again in verse 18. Now where there is remission of these or forgiveness of these, there is no longer an offering for sin. Hmm. 
where do you want to run with this stuff? <laughs> this, that's one of my, that's if, if I had to pick a verse, that's one of my favorites. But mm-hmm. of course, everything being said that leads up to it in verse 18 there is, is so special. So yeah, by one offering, he has perfected for all those who are sanctified. Well, earlier in the chapter, when uh, chapter 10 started out, uh, the, the writer pointed out that those sacrifices, the many sacrifices, couldn't make those who offer them perfect. They, they couldn't be perfected. We've been perfected. You realize perfection is the requirement? <laughs> Even Jesus <laughs> said that to the Jews during the Sermon on the Mount. Here's the standard if you're going to try to keep the law. Be perfect, just as God is perfect. Well, we've been perfected, but it has nothing to do with trying to keep rules and regulations. See, it's it's gifted to us through this offering, through this will of God that occurred through the body of Jesus Christ. And, and by the way, in verse 14, I know some translations will, will say something like, by a single offering, he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. Some translations add that word being sanctified as if this is some progressive sort of thing. And that's not the case at all. But even if you want to believe that word should should be in there, it's just maybe uh, wise to point out that being is just simply something that exists. People are being sanctified as they believe in Jesus Christ. Mm. That's where the sanctification occurs and becoming a, a new creation, a partaker of the divine nature. Right. Um, but it's interesting, too, that uh, the writer of Hebrews, as you already read through here, Joel, in, in verse 16 and 17, he's repeating what he said in chapter 8. He's repeating this again, the same passage from Jeremiah. And I, I would say, you know, for those who think the Ten Commandments are written on our heart, that's being taken out of context. So if you've ever been told that, without spending a lot of time on it here right now. It's, I think we touched on it briefly yeah, when we were right. in chapter 8. But obviously, the, the law was the ministry of death and, and condemnation. It didn't decrease sin. It increased sin. That was its purpose. It wasn't to bring a higher moral ground of some kind. Um, it, it was the strength of sin. The law was the strength of sin. It led to bearing fruit for death. And and the, the list goes on here uh, as far as the, the negatives about the law. Now, the law itself was holy, righteous, and good, but it could not help us. It could only demand perfection, but it was powerless to provide it. Anyway, why would we want that law of commandments written on our heart after what I just mentioned about the law? Jesus Christ became the end of the law for all who would believe, the end of the law for righteousness. And, and so... Those aren't the laws that are written on our hearts. We're in a new covenant that's very different from that first covenant when they came out of Egypt. So just something to, to keep in mind there, that you, there's no pressure on you. Because I'll tell you what, if the 10 were written on your heart, then all 603 laws would have to be written on your heart, and you should be able to rattle them right off. And I, I know some people would say, well, we should not murder, we should not uh, steal, and we should uh, you know, follow the Sabbath, obey the Sabbath, keep the Sabbath. Uh, well, okay, just take the Sabbath. If you want to do the Sabbath, uh, good luck with that from <laughs> 6 p.m. Friday night until 6 p.m. Saturday night. But make sure you're following all of the regulations because there's close to 40 of them just under that one commandment. So you can mm-hmm. see that though, that's not the law that's written on our hearts. It's something new. It's based upon faith, and the law was not based upon faith. But verse 18, Joel, real quick, where there is forgiveness of these things, there is no longer any offering for sin. This is, to me, one of the crux moments here of, of all of this. Forgiveness was poured out through Jesus Christ 
for the world in this one sacrifice. And there's no more, no more offerings being performed. There's no more sacrifices here. There's no more blood being shed. In order for forgiveness to occur again, more blood would have to be shed, and Jesus isn't doing that. So the forgiveness factor, the issue of sin, that's not the obstacle between us and God any longer. It would be unbelief that would be what's keeping people from God. Right, yeah. And regarding some of the things you said, I'll, there, I wrote a blog post a while back that I, uh, several years ago actually, that I that talks about this instant and permanent sanctification. We have been sanctified. I'll link to that if I remember to do that at growingingrace.org when I post this particular podcast. And, uh, you know, the law of love, the perfect law of liberty, these things are written on our heart rather than commandments that were formerly written in stone and on stone. So there's a lot of things to think about with there. And uh, we indeed, we did already talk about that when we went through Hebrews 8. So if I think about it too, I'll link to that one again as well. So, and, and Joel, if, if people want another reference, go to Romans chapter 8 and, and see that we are now under a different law, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, yes. which is uh, obviously not the same as the law of sin and death, but Romans kind of explains that. Yeah, and he contrasts those there too as well. So mm-hmm. um, so yeah, we're ending here with verse 18 like you did, where there's remission of these or forgiveness of these, and there is. He's led us up to this point talking all about how there is remission of sins. There is forgiveness of sins through this once for all sacrifice of Jesus. And so, therefore, there is no longer an offering for sin. There's nothing else. There's no other sacrifice that could ever take away sin because it's been done. More on Hebrews 10 coming up next week right here on Growing in Grace. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. Access past programs by visiting growingingrace.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.